praise the name of Jesus. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Chad was ill, and he wasn't able to come to the youth meeting because he was very bad, him, him and his wife and his children. And so he called me and he said, Bishop, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. I'm going to try to make it. I'm going to try to go home and take a, you know, some rest, you know, take a long nap. And hopefully I'll be able to get up. And, you know, me, I was I was like I was torn between, OK, do I do I make him just, you know, minister glory to God as, as a mighty man of God, sick and everything? Or do I just say, you know what, why don't you go on ahead and just, you know, just just just, just take a break. So my first inclination was, yeah, OK, just take a nap and give me a call. I see you tonight. Hallelujah. That was my first inclination, but then he will testify, as he just did right now, that about two minutes later, his phone rang, and I said, listen, man, just go on ahead and sleep. You're going to be all right, and you're going, you know, everything's going to be okay. And, and, and probably a year ago, the Lord put this particular message in my heart, and I haven't shared it yet, and so I began to share it with the young people. And as I began to share it with the young people, as I was praying and just asking God for direction, I realized that this is not just a word for just youth. This is not a word that is just for Faith Dome of Fellowship, but this is a word for the body of Christ and so I wanted to make sure that I shared it with you and the youth didn't get the benefit of hearing the whole message because in that environment I was able to ask questions and we went back and forth and they were answering we were talking and it was a really good time you know for us that we had in there and so I only got to like point one in the message so praise the Lord that you stood in here the two points glory to God so here is the rest of the message but the title of the message this morning is a word made flesh movement a word made flesh movement and the reason why I want to share this and it'll probably be in two two parts is because this is what we need. Today, in the days in which we live, these are desperate times. Desperate times are times that we're living in. And I don't mean solely because of the economic situation. I'm not talking about desperacy because of that. But what I'm talking about is the spiritual bankruptcy that exists within our nation. Are, 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 are you with me here, church? There, 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 there is an issue. When we were in the class, we got caught up in that spot there because we started talking about what bankruptcy meant. And you know, Obviously, for young people, they never really dealt with bankruptcy. You know, they understood the concept. But, you know, when you, anybody in here who's ever even heard of that, it's a tough place to be. It's when you are just broke. Hello. Broke. You, 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 you do not have, you, you, you ain't got money in, in, in the bank. You can't pay bills. You, you are lacking in, in, in that situation. And what I want you to realize is that we are living in a time that we are seeing spiritual bankruptcy. We are seeing a nation that is bankrupt spiritually. And, you know, I thought about something because I realized that, you know, you look at, you know, what the dollar is worth, right? And the dollar is worth what it's worth because of the gold we have and all this stuff, right? So here's what happens. Some people say, well, just go on ahead and just print more money if we're out of money, right? The issue with that is that if you print more money, the dollar loses its value because of what? Because you're not making more gold. Hello, somebody. So if you are not making more gold, you cannot effectively just print more money. Y'all with me here, right? Okay, so this is important because when we're talking about spirituality, if you are overproducing what you are calling spirituality, what you are calling true religion, but you are not supplying the real source of that, then guess what you end up with? You end up with things that are out there saying, this is God, this is real spirituality, this is the truth, this is the life, and it has no value. Value. It is empty and it has nothing to support it. So church, help me to understand this is a message that we have got to grasp because in our nation we have a positive thing, freedom of religion, but that positive thing is also a negative. Why? Because anybody can say this is God. Why? We're free. I can call, look, we, we, we could have a, a car club and our cars could be our God. 
And nobody could tell us any different. Nobody could tell us any. Nobody could say, well, that, 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 that's not true. No, they, they can't. Why? 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 Why is it not true? And see, what we have, church, is we need to respond to this reality that we are living in a time of spiritual bankruptcy. Why is this important? Well, Pastor Robert is going through phase two of our mentoring program. And in phase two, as we were sitting in the class on Wednesday, for those of you that were here, we were discussing the, the message of God. And we were talking about how we need to be out there sharing the gospel with people. We need to be sharing the gospel that is going to change their life. Us being cute, us being smart, us having all the right words and all this stuff, us being talented, none of those things are going to bring deliverance to lives. There is one who will bring deliverance to life. There is one who can heal marriages. There is one who can restore you. There is one who can deliver you. There is one, and his name is Jesus, and that is it. It's not a church. It's not a denomination. It is not a song. It is God Almighty himself. He is the only one. And that is the reason, my friends, why the Bible talks about in the book of John, the word became flesh. Because for 400 years, there was silence. There was no prophecy that was spoken. There was no anything new that was spoken. You know what it is for 400 years, God doesn't talk? That's a long time, church. That is a long time not to see God do anything. And this is how the people of God were. For 400 years, they hadn't heard God speak. They hadn't heard God do say anything. They hadn't heard. They were waiting on a promise. And that promise came in the form of Jesus Christ. The reason why it's important for us to hear this is because if we sit down and we look and we read our Bibles and we look at what the scriptures teach us and we just look at the fruit of the life of Jesus and his ministry and then we move on from the gospel and we move into the book of Acts and we look at what the apostles were doing and we look at not only the apostles because it wasn't the apostles for those of you who went through the book of acts bible study with me you will realize that when the church was sent out because of the persecution it was not just the apostles who were preaching the message of the gospel but the people were preaching the message and you know what the scripture says it says that the hand of the lord was with them as well hallelujah isn't it awesome to know that the hand of god is not reserved for jesus alone the hand of god was not reserved for the apostles alone but the hand of god is reserved for anyone who will submit their life unto him and who are willing and available to be used by him. See, see, this should encourage you because you, me, we have been called by God to make a great impact within the earth right now. You know why? Because we're living. Hallelujah. We are alive, church. If you're breathing, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you breathing? If you're breathing, hallelujah, if, if you are breathing, then that means that you need to be doing something for the kingdom of God, hallelujah. And not just need to, but you have been empowered and equipped to do something. And so when we sit down and we look at Jesus' ministry and the fruit of his ministry, and we look at the book of Acts and we see the fruit of the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the people of God, you know what we find, church, when we look at that in comparison to today? We find that something is missing. Hear me. We find that something is missing. There is something missing. And, I, and, and let, me, let, let, let me make this clear. I'm not just talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. That is not what I'm talking about. Because I, I've, I've heard this said before. I've said it before. The greatest miracle is the salvation of a soul. Amen. Hear me. The greatest miracle is the salvation of a soul. 
There should be rejoicing inside of you when someone comes to Jesus as much as when someone is healed. Did you hear me, church? There should be rejoicing inside of you when you see someone turn their life to Christ. That should be the cry and the motivation that is in your heart. Because I can, I can promise you, church, that when the, when, 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 when the first church was praying, they were praying to God. God, move as you want to move for one purpose. Not so we can be so much glorified. Not so, not, no, no. It is so that way people can come to know you. That was the cry of their heart. Jesus says the same. Jesus had one thing on his mind. He said, I don't, I don't want the praise of men. I'm not looking for people to applaud me. The, the, the Bible says that he would not devote himself to them because he knew it was in the heart of men. He wasn't looking for that. He was looking for one thing, and that was that his father was pleased with what he was doing. One thing, church. One thing. He was desirous for one thing, and that was to be sure that the father was pleased. And the way that he knew the father was pleased was because he was obeying what the father was communicating. The truth is that when we, when we look at these two books, or we look at the gospel, and we look at the book of Acts, and we see what God was doing, the thing is that they were the epitome of a word-made-flesh movement. We know that Jesus was the word-made-flesh. God himself spoke, and what happened? Things occurred. Jesus came to this earth and we saw a whole change in the atmosphere because of what because the spirit of God was manifesting through him greatly and mightily when we look into the book of Acts we see the same exact thing and so what I am encouraging you or challenging you to become is a word made flesh movement wherever you are today see church it is not enough for us to know what the word of God says we must become the manifestation of that word hallelujah we must become the man. Of, and, 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 and listen, I, I, I don't want you to, you know, go, go off the deep end here. I'm not talking about you doing something crazy. What I am simply saying is we have got to become a people that are truly submitted unto the living word, which is Jesus Christ, truly surrendered to his will, truly surrendered to what he is saying and communicating and desiring for us. And when we are submitted and yielded to him, then what will begin to happen automatically is it's not you or I producing anything. It is him producing whatever he wants to produce through our lives. That's what it means to be this word made flesh movement. The reason why this is important is because the word made flesh is the only solution to sin and bondage church. The word of God is not manifesting in the earth. There is no hope for people who are bound in sin. Hello. There is no hope for people. If there is no one who is walking around, Pastor Robert said I wasn't in the class when they, when they asked the question. I think I was sharing with the youth on that particular night. But he, he asked a question. He was talking about, you know, how many people in here when you came to Christ? And we got more, more of a group of people in here. But if we ask the question, how many of you came to Christ because of a relationship? Because someone that you knew took the time to share the gospel with you. And they may have shared it with you a hundred times. Hallelujah. And so that means they took more time. Praise the name of the Lord. But they took time to share the gospel. They took time. And, and, and you, know, you know what they were doing? They were being the word made flesh. Hello. That's what they were doing. They were sharing. I, I share the testimony of my mother. You know what? There were people. They, look, they, they used to come to my house. And I, and I know that the, the church was praying for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Because I was in some serious mess. I was in some serious sin in my life. And the one thing that I remember is they, they had prayer meetings and they would come to the house. And, and you know, I, I, I didn't really understand Spanish very well, be, you know, before, before. I started understanding Spanish when I, when I started going to church because it was a Spanish church. And so singing in Spanish, hearing the word in Spanish, you become more fluent in Spanish. But growing up, I didn't speak Spanish in my home. So 
so, you know, they're having these prayer meetings. They're asking me questions. I remember one time they asked me if I wanted to accept Jesus. I didn't know what to say, so I just shook my head yes. They prayed a prayer. Everybody's rejoicing, and I, then nothing happened to me. And my mom was like, yeah, that didn't really work. That, that one didn't take right there. So, so anyway, like, you need to keep praying for my son, right? So they, they continue to pray for me and everything like that. And I was like, okay. And so anyway, I remember folks tried to talk to me. I don't want to hear nothing anybody said. And, 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 and you know what it took? It took my, my, my mother. It took her. To come and sit outside with me. Now, 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 now this, is, this is the word made flesh, y'all. Nobody wanted to come around me when I was doing my sinful stuff. Right? Because, you, you know, you don't want to be around people smoking because you're holy. You don't want to smell like that. Mm-hmm. And I ain't telling you to start going to the clubs. Hello, somebody. That, that, that's not what I'm saying either, okay? So don't. Well, Bishop, I was being evangelistic. That's why I'm at the club Friday, Saturday, and, you know, I'm late on Sunday. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> That means that you bring in half the club with you, glory to God, to church, saved because you was up in there just causing some chaos, amen, for the, for, for the glory of God, amen, for the glory of God, not getting crazy, uh-huh. I got I to gotta share that because, you know, people be like, well, Bishop said I need to be the word made flesh, so I'm going to start going, hold on a second, time out. <laughs> so my mother, I, I would sit outside waiting for my friends to come to the house. My mom would come out there while I was smoking a cigarette. No other Christian would come talk to me. You know, none of them, none of them came at that time. And she would sit out there, and she just started talking to me. She would talk to me about the Lord, and I'd be like, yeah, okay, and I'm listening to what she's saying. And she's slowly but surely just chipping away, just chipping away, just chipping away at, at, this, at this hard heart because I don't want nothing to do with God. I was, I was too busy doing my thing. And what she did, she sat out there, and then she would catch me. At, at opportune moments. So you know how she knew how to catch me because the Holy Ghost was leading her. Glory to God. So you know what? Let me, let me give you some keys just for my mother's life. Number one is you need to be a person of prayer. Amen? Because I watched. See, I, I didn't see my mother praying for me. But after I got saved, I watched her pray for my grandfather. And I knew when I sat next to her, I said, my goodness, I know this is how this woman was praying for I mean, she was crying. Tears rolling down her face, declaring the promises of God. I mean, seriously, I was like, man, I wish I could pray like that. Glory to God. I mean, I mean, just intensified praying for my, so I knew that my mother was praying like that for me. So you know what? As she's praying for me, remember what the Bible says? The Bible says that, that, that the laborers are few, that the work is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful, right? But the laborers are few, so pray the Lord of the harvest. Well, I've always said, when you pray the Lord of the harvest, you know what you become? You become a laborer, amen? Because as you are praying, saying, God, send out people, God is saying, how about you? And you're only going to be telling God to send folks for so long before you're going to start going or stop praying. One of the two. Hello. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to let that sink in. One, 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 one of the two is going to happen. You, you, you are either going to stop praying, Lord, send them, or you're going to respond to him and start going. So my mother, praying for me, she's, she's being led by the Spirit to catch those opportune moments, comes up to me. Like, well, let, let, let me read this scripture to you. Normally, I'm running out the door. She caught me. I, had, I, I was like five minutes in between my friends pulling up and me leaving, so I didn't have to go stand outside yet. So I'm like, go in there, read the word. I ain't going to lose nothing, right? So she reads this scripture. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but only fools despise wisdom. I was like, man, what does that mean? <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I didn't understand what the scripture meant, but when I left my house, I was preaching to my friends. I said, man, only fools despise wisdom. And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, man. I said, my mom read this scripture to me. And, I, and when she read this scripture, it just hit me. Like when she read it, I saw my life and I just saw fool. 
But, but let, me, let me explain to you why I saw full. Because every day I was getting up at like 10, 11 o'clock in the, in, in the morning, right, to go brush my teeth, to wait for my friends to come pick me up so we can leave the house to go and get high and hang out all day high and mess around and do all kind of crazy stuff, come home at like 2 o'clock in the morning, go to, and this, this is really crazy because my grandmother, see, my grandmother, she, she was in the mix too because she was opportunist as well. And she would catch me at those opportune moments. And one time, that you know, that she, she, I, I, I don't know, I just feel like sharing this testimony, glory to God. So, so, so what happened was, because this, I'm the product of a word made flesh movement. So what happened was, was my, my grandmother, she would talk to me, right? She'd be like, Jason, you need to ask the Lord for wisdom. Why? Because you were a fool. But she didn't say that. She, she, she didn't say that, But because I, I thought I knew everything. I, was, I had an answer for everyone, and I was all right, right? Uh-huh. My grandmother would be like, you know, you really need to ask the Lord for wisdom. Now, see, what nobody knew is that there was, like, that much fear of God inside of me. More fear of hell, okay, because I just knew that I was going to hell the way I was living. I, there, was no, there was no doubt in my mind. So I used to do what I call like a safety net prayer, right? After I was messed up, come home, lay down, because I used to sleep on the couch, right? Because, you know, didn't have all the six bedrooms, glory to God. So I lay down on my couch, turn my face to the, you know, to the thing over here. I would say, Father God, forgive me for everything I did today. And then my grandmother said, ask for wisdom. And I said, and give me wisdom. <laughs> then one day they tricked me to go to a Bible study. Well, I happened to go to a Bible study, right? They're teaching on prayer. You know what they were teaching? Anything you ask in the name of Jesus shall be done. I said, that's what I've been missing. <laughs> Safety net, knitting it up together, glory to God. I'm asking for, I know I got to be forgiven. My grandma said I needed wisdom. The Bible study teacher said in the name of Jesus, I got this thing on lock. I come into my, my bed, you know, lay down. Father God, forgive me for everything I've done. Give me wisdom in the name of Jesus. Amen. But here's, here, here's, here's the thing is that that prayer, as, as hypocritical as it was, there was like that much since I didn't want to go to hell, okay? That, that was for real. I did not, there, there was, inside, I did not want to go to hell. I knew hell was a really hot, dangerous place. I did not want to be there. But I was not just afraid of hell. I was also afraid of something else. I was afraid of the rapture. Listen, listen, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, church. There was some fear that was rising up inside of me. And I'm like, man, this, this world is looking crazy, and I'm part of this craziness. And so what happens if, you know, the Lord comes, the church leaves, I'm going to be alone. Where am I going to live? Because my mom's going, my grandmother's going, I'm staying in this house. I ain't got a job. <laughs> Where am, ain't none of my friends going to say, come live with me. Hello, it, it ain't happening like that, right? So the fear of the Lord, church. My mother, my grandmother, everybody is just a word made flesh. They're coming little bits. My friends come and pick me up that day, and I'm looking at my life, and I'm like, I'm a fool. I don't want to do anything different. I'm cool with where I am. And, 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 and this thing just began to wake up in me. Why did that happen, church? Because of a word made flesh movement. Because it was God coming to life in, my, in me. He was beginning to speak to me. And about a month after that is when my mother, again, opportunist. Hello, somebody. 
I came home, messed up out of my face, laid down in the bed next to her, and she was there. And I don't know, I don't know what she was doing. Maybe she had been praying for me because she knew what I was doing crazy out there. Come and lay in the room, and I'm like, Mom, I messed up today. And she's like, what'd you do? And I said, man, I said, I was tripping on acid, man. It's really messing me up. And she said, you know, I told you not to mess with that stuff because it's really not good for you. And I said, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, well, since we're here, why don't we go ahead and read from the word? Now, mind you, when I'm in that kind of state, I don't want to hear nothing about God. But church, as soon as I got up to walk out of that room, the voice of the Lord spoke to me. He said, you've come this far. Are you going to stop now? And the fear of God gripped my life. And from that moment, I was trying to lock doors in the bedroom. My mom is like, what is wrong with you? And I said, I don't know. I'm just like, and, and she was like, just sit down, just sit down. And I started reading. She started reading from the Bible. In church, I was crying. I was bawling. I was, I mean, I, I couldn't control myself. She read from the word. My mom tells me she read the whole book of Proverbs. That's 31 chapters. I don't know what she read. I didn't hear what she read here. But in here, it was breaking me up. I mean, it was just messing my life. I was crying. And then she stopped reading the Bible, and she stopped ministering to me. She's like, listen, you know, the Lord hears you praying. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm like, I know she don't hear me praying. Hello, it's way too late for her to hear me doing anything. And I don't pray loud. I'm like, Father God, forgive me. Let me not do so I, so I knew this, okay? I'm like, give me wisdom in Jesus' name. And so I'm like, there is no way. My mom ain't hearing like that, you know? I mean, I knew this. And God's spirit was, was ministering to me. And the reason why this is important is because my mother, my grandma, these people were the key vessels that were utilized to bring change to my life. A person who didn't want to know anything about God, didn't want to walk with God, wanted to continue to live a crazy life. Church, listen to me. I was as hopeless as they come. I mean, I was, my mom, I, I was so disrespectful with my parents. It was a bad situation. And the reason why I share this is because obviously, the Holy Spirit needs you to hear that there are hopeless people. There are people who we think they are just never going to come to God. There are people who we think that there is no hope that they're ever going to turn around and you may feel like your prayers, like your words, like your stuff is in vain, but do not lose hope. Continue to seek the face of God on their behalf. Continue to cry out to God on their behalf. Continue to come before the Lord and be sensitive to those opportune moments because when you are sensitive to those opportune moments, that is when the seed of the gospel is planted. The seed of the gospel is watered. The seed of the gospel begins to give life. And if you quit, you're going to quit on the seed of God. So don't quit. Be encouraged that God is hearing what is coming out of your mouth and your heart. And if anything, he is calling you. Cry out more intensely. Cry out more desperately. Take it to another level because their deliverance is in the womb of your spirit. And all you have to do is take the promises of God at face value. All you have to do is submit yourself unto him and allow him to bring change to these lives, church. Listen, I was done, church. There, there, there was no hope for me except Jesus. And how did it happen? Because someone decided they weren't going to give up. Not just on me, church but on God's word. See, it's easy for us to give up on the word of God. It's in, and what I mean by give up on it, church, is, you know, we hear it, we pray it, and we're like, okay, whatever, whenever. Hold on a second. My mom didn't say whenever. 
my mom understood something. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised to no one. Did you hear that? Did you hear that in your spirit? What that means is that if we really believe that word, we will be on our faces crying out for the lost, especially the ones that we know with a desperation, not wanting to let go of God until we sense something is changing. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? Because we realize tomorrow is promised to no one. They may not think about it that way, but this is reality. And that has got to be part of our motivation and prayer that moves us to the urgency to cry out to God, to hold on to God, to declare his word over these people's lives that we love you know why because we realize man tomorrow's not promised and 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 i can be listen you need to you need to grasp this you can be that very link to that person's salvation church you get you, you got to get this you can be the link to that person's deliverance what if my mom would have just said well i shared the word with him the other day he seemed to like it a little bit but you know what? He wasn't motivated after that. He continued on going out because it was another month before she talked to me again about the word. What would have happened if she did that, church? What would happen if she would have given up? I don't know what would have happened. I, have no, I can't answer that question for you, but I can tell you what. Because she didn't give up, I'm here today. Amen? Yeah. Looks like I'm going to get to point one again. Glory to God. That's all right, though. I told you I was going to do this in two points. I didn't realize it was going to be for that reason, but praise the name of the Lord, we're going to work this out. Amen? First point here, and repeat this after me. We need to understand the meaning of a word made flesh movement. We got to understand what that means. I just explained this testimony and, and, and tried to break it down, but when we look at what the scriptures teach, when Jesus took on the form of man, what happened? His glory became our light. His power became our deliverance. His love became our salvation. When the word became flesh, there were some things that occurred. There were some changes that happened in the atmosphere. When the word became flesh, what it means is that the kingdom of God had come and the atmosphere was going to be changed as a result of it. When I'm talking about us being a word made flesh movement, it is understanding that the power of the kingdom of God dwells inside of you and inside of me. They asked Jesus, where is the kingdom of heaven? Where is the kingdom? And he said, right here inside of you and so we have got to realize that that power is inside of us the question is is it lying dormant inside of you just there as some kind of benefit to you makes you feel good about yourself and all that or is it something that you are actively involved with in intimacy and in relationship and are you becoming on a daily basis a vessel through which that kingdom can manifest because if we are going to become a word made flesh movement, then we have to not only realize the kingdom is here, but we have got to become vessels through which the kingdom can move. We have got to become vessels through which the power of God can manifest, through which the love of God can manifest, through which the deliverance of God can manifest. Because when Jesus walked up on the scene, we know it. He walked on the scene and the atmosphere changed. Demons started trembling. He was casting out demons. He was sharing this life-changing message with people. He was bringing deliverance to lives. The same thing that we see in the, in the, book, of, in the book of Acts. We see the same results. And if you go and, if you, go and you read history on my mighty men and women of God that were used, it wasn't because they were so great, it's because they were submitted, church. 
Because listen to me, it's not about our greatness. It's about his greatness in us. See, all of these great people that we see in history, you want to know what their greatness was? Their greatness was that they knew the great I am. And when you know the great I am, church, you walk with him and you become that vessel through whom he can manifest. And the more intimate you become with him, the more control he has over your life, the more he is able to use you, the more he is able to extend and manifest himself. When the word becomes flesh, what it literally means is that God's hand is stretched forward through us to accomplish his will and his purpose. That's what it means, church, to be a word-made flesh movement. And I don't know about you, but I recognize the days in which we live. I recognize the times in which we live. As I said before, there are times that people more than ever need to know Jesus. More than ever, they need to have a mighty encounter with God. And the only way that those things happen, church, is when the body of Christ gets committed to doing the works and the will of God. So my question to you this morning after we got through point one is are you committed to being a vessel? Just committed to being a vessel that is going to bring change. Are you a person who is going to say, man, God, thank you for the, for the testimony that Bishop shared today. Help me to be a person that holds on to you for the lives of others, that goes after you, that is an opportunist in the spirit who is following your lead to bring lives to the kingdom. Listen, there's one of two people in here right now. It's the one that knows Jesus and the one that doesn't. Hear me. You either know him in here or you don't know him. If you know him, you say, I'm committed. If you don't know him, hmm. But you know what? Here's the beauty. Is that he wants everyone in here to be one type of person, those who know him, those who are committed, and those who have experienced his love and have been changed by his power. That's the reason why he went to that cross. That's the reason why he went to the cross. That's why in the beginning I said we have victory because of what? Because of what Jesus did. Because he fought all of those battles on that cross to offer us what? Salvation. Not so we could just have salvation but so that we could become vessels of salvation to this world. Let's all stand to our feet, please.